Hey guys, I'm Babs, and this is Nightmares Come True. In this podcast, we're going to talk about everything. (laughs) We're going to talk about serial killers, and we're going to talk about murders. We're going to talk about ghosts and hauntings and just all the crazy shit that we can find. (laughs) I will make note that this is my first podcast, so if I come off as nervous or just, I don't know, weird, more weird than a normal person, it's just because I'm trying to figure things out as I go. Uh, I have noticed with some of the recordings because I've tried this same episode probably four times now. (laughs) Um, I do say um and uh a lot, and I elongate uh, vowels when I'm talking. So, like, I'll say so or that solely because I'm nervous. I... (laughs) I don't have a better answer for you. Um, that's just me in a nutshell. Um, so yeah, so that's me. I am going to try and make sure throughout the podcasts that if there is any details that would be a trigger warning for anybody. I am going to try so hard to make sure that I say something ahead of time so that way you can prepare or skip the part. Um, So bear with me and don't come after me if I forget to say it. Uh, I will try to remember. I'll try to edit it in afterwards. Um, So yeah, that's it for this part of it, I guess. I don't think I have anything else to throw in here. I do want to say before we jump into it that I am extremely congested and I'm sounding funny. Um, Well, I guess you guys won't know because this is the first time you're actually hearing me. Um, Well, I sound funny because I'm congested. (laughs) Uh, So please keep that in mind. And also, the person we're going to talk about today is from Hungary. And I'm not. I'm not. And I don't know the language either. So some of these cities or names I'm going to struggle with because of that. Um, So I'm going to apologize to every Hungarian (laughs) because this might be torture for you guys. (laughs) Um, So why don't we go ahead and jump into it. Today we're going to talk about a man named Bela Kiss. Kiss was born on July 28th, 1877 in Isaac, Hungary. Uh, He was born to Verona Varga 
and Yano's kiss. It's said that he became an amateur astrologer and fond of occult practices. But that's really all we know about his childhood. Uh, nobody could find any information on him growing up. So I don't know what his relationship was with his parents, if it was good, if it was horrible. Um, I, I wish I did. So that way, maybe that would give us a little bit of insight into his mentality and his thought processes. Um, but there's really, there's really nothing on him. So since we don't know that much about his childhood, why don't we go ahead and move forward to adulthood? Um, I read in a couple places that Kiss was married twice. And I read in one place that he had two kids. And the names that were given on that site was, were, let's be proper here, guys, were Aronka and Ilanka. Now, I was unable to find anything else on them. So I have no idea what ended up happening to them or if they even exist. I don't know how credible this information is. But they don't come up anymore through this story. So let's just go ahead and pass that. Um, in 1912, Kiss's wife left him for another man. Kiss's wife's name was Marie, and she was 15 years younger than him. Her lover's name was Paul Bakari, and based on what I've found, he was a handsome artist. Um... But shortly after, these two lovebirds started their affair, they disappeared. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> um, Kiss told anyone who asked him that his wife and her lover had run off to America to start a new life. So, yeah, that's the story he told. And people believed that because why would someone who left their husband stay close by? I don't know. Um, in 1912, also after his wife left, he hired a housekeeper and her name was Mrs. Jackie Beck. Now, Mrs. Jackie Beck was an elderly woman, and she stayed and took care of the property, or took care of the house, everything in the house. So, I guess that's a plus for her. <laughs> um, by 1914, Kiss had the world at his feet, guys. 
He was a 37-year-old running a successful tinsmith business. And he was well-liked by all of his neighbors in Kinkota, which is where he lived. Um, but he wasn't close with his neighbors. He didn't go over there and do dinner with them or anything like that. But um, he did, he was very well liked. And apparently he also <laughs> loved to party. He would throw parties at his house for anyone to come over to. Um, they also said that Kiss always had a girl by his side. It was never the same girl twice, and nobody ever knew who these women were. Not even Mrs. Jackie Vick. She did not talk to these girls at all. She didn't even know their names. Um, but people started taking notice of Kiss for another reason. Kiss began collecting these metal drums. And anytime anyone asked him, you know, what are you using these drums for? Like, you have so many. Um, he would tell them that he's filling them with gasoline, preparing for the rationing of the upcoming war. Which makes sense. It's like a doomsday prepper kind of thing, right? Like, get as much of the important things that you can. The survival of the fittest type stuff, I guess. I don't know if that even made sense. <laughs> um, but he would stockpile on the things that he needed, I guess, is the right way to word it. And in his head, he needed gasoline because... Soon they were going to start rationing. And he wasn't wrong. World War I began. And Kiss ended up being drafted into the Austro-Hungarian military. Now when he left to go to war, Mrs. Jackie Beck stayed behind and was left to care for his home. And she did so for the next two years. Like, guys, that shows her loyalty. That shows that she wants her boss to come home to a happy home, you know? Or a clean home, I should say. I don't know about happy. Whatever. A clean home. She wants it to be taken care of. And, you know, it shows that she respects him. In July of 1916... Rumors began to circulate around the town of Kinkota that Kiss had been captured and maybe even killed over in Serbia. Upon hearing this news, Kiss's landlord began preparing to lease the house to new tenants. The house that Kiss lived in and that Mrs. Shakibek was caring for. 
So the landlord went over to the house just to clean up, get anything out of the house or out from around the house that he could or needed to. Um, and when he got there, there were seven um, metal drums sitting outside. Now, the rumors had gone around that Kiss was stockpiling gasoline for uh, the rationing of from the upcoming war, from World War One, And uh, the landlord was aware of this. So the landlord was trying to open the containers to see what was inside and get some gasoline, because why wouldn't you? Um, but the tops had been like soldered closed or somehow he did his tinsmith wizardry on it and they were sealed tight. Um, so the landlord ended up somehow puncturing the drum. Well, when he did so the smell came out and apparently it was just absolutely horrid. Um, one of the neighbors happened to be around outside and came over and was talking to the landlord and told him that the smell coming out of the container was the smell of death. And this guy was a chemist apparently. So he knew what he was talking about. So upon hearing the neighbor's uh, guidance of what was happening, the landlord called the Budapest police and told them everything. Told them exactly what he had just done and what had happened. Which is, oh, I can't imagine getting that phone call. Or that report, you know? So after they got the call, they had I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this name up and I'm so sorry. Dr. Caroline Carolee Nog, the chief the detective chief, I'm sorry, the detective chief of the Budapest police had this investigation. So Nog went and got two of his men and they went out to the house on Kusoth Street. They, they worked at getting the drum open. And they finally did. And when they opened it, the sight of what was inside was, I can't even imagine. They found a well-preserved young woman with long brown hair submerged in a brine of methanol, as well as the rope that she had been strangled with. So I didn't know this, 
but methanol keeps decomposition to a minimum. So it acts as a preservative. Uh, I'm a Googler, guys. If I don't know something, I Google it. So you learn something new every day. <laughs> um, so after they discovered the girl in the first drum, they opened the remaining six, finding a very similar discovery in each. So naturally... After the discovery of seven women and metal drums, they decided and began to scour around the property. And they stumbled across a plethora of drums buried on the property. With the opening of each drum, led them to discovering another young woman's lifeless body. In the police file, they logged between 24 and 30 victims. All had been strangled, and it was said that they had dual puncture marks on their necks, as if Kiss had taken their blood. Now, after this information got leaked, Kiss was dubbed the Vampire of Kinkoda. It's just sad. Those poor women. As if the sight of finding dozens of preserved girls wasn't crazy enough, just hold tight, guys. Nog decided to take a trip into the house and have a look around. Everything seemed normal comparatively at first. Uh, Mrs. Jackie Beck, she was still taking care of that house. She was still in the house as they dug up all of these girls. This woman was a mess. I mean, how could you not be? That is just the most horrifying thing to find out about someone that you've pledged your loyalty to. So naturally she's denying having any knowledge of what Kiss was up to. And she also told Nog that she didn't know the names of any of the girls because she didn't. Nobody did. Not in Kinkoda anyways. The crazy part is she defended Kiss. She just can't believe that he would do anything like this. And to show how much she thought he was innocent, she told a story about how there was an injured dog, an injured neighborhood dog that somehow was wounded and Kiss cared for the dog. He treated the injuries and got it back to health or healthy status, I should say. She thought that this would speak to his character and speak to who he was to her because that's how she saw him. And I mean, he treated her 
very good. So why would she see anything other than an awesome guy who wouldn't harm anything? If anything, he's going to fix it, you know, like that in her mind, not in reality in her mind. <laughs> Anyways, after Mrs. Jackie Bake told Nog this story, he came to a door that was locked. Miss Jackie Big told Nog that although she had a key to that room, she was instructed to never go in there and never let anyone in there. Now that leads me to think what else could you possibly be hiding? They're literally digging up the graveyard you've created in your yard. What else is there? Well, let me tell you. Nog went in because he wasn't playing with this don't go in there bullshit. He's, his ass is going in. So he went in. And when he went in, or when he walked in, all around the room were bookshelves. And the bookshelves were filled with books that were about poison and strangulation. And there's volumes of these books, guys. It's not just like, oh, here's five books that just happened to be in the mix. No, it's volumes of them all around the office. But also in the office, in the center of the room, was a desk. And within this desk, there were letters that dated back to more than a decade before they were found. And these letters were letters from a bunch of different women. So... Something that they found out was that Kiss would write to the Budapest newspapers under an alias name, of course, and that name was Hoffman. He would write to the let to the newspapers, claiming that he was just a lonely man in search of a woman to become his wife. And papers would post this. I mean. For that time, that was like the tender of that time. That's how they would meet people aside from just going into town. Which is weird to me. It's very strange. It's very odd because of how we use newspapers now. It's not like that. Um, but the even crazier part is that women would respond now at least on tender or bumble or what other dating sites there are out there you're seeing potentially seeing the person beforehand whereas in that time you're not you're just reading that letter that was written and posted i it just seems scary to me. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Um, now, remember before when I said 
he always had a woman on his arm and it was never the same one twice. Yeah. This is how he baited the women in. That's how he got all these women. Obviously, I'm sure you made the connection there, but just to be completely clear. <laughs> so after the woman would respond, he would visit her and bring her gifts and he would woo her and make her just fall madly in love. <laughs> and in the midst of all of this, he would be trying to find out whether she had a family nearby or not. If she did, he would cut ties. He wouldn't do all of this with her anymore. But if they didn't, they would continue to be wooed by Bella Kiss. He would convince these ladies, which this is the sick part, guys. This is... This is just fucking horrible. Well, I guess this isn't the sick part. There's a lot of sick parts to this story. But this just irks me. Um, he would convince these women to send him their money. And it's not like, hey, can you spot me a 10 so I can get a little bit of gas? And I can come drive over and see it. it, it no. He would convince them to send him large sums of money. And some, oh God, I forgot about this part. And some were convinced to send him their life savings. Everything they've ever made and saved. All in hopes of starting a new life together. It's just insane. Now there's one woman um, that I do I do want to mention. This one woman sold her business. It was a profitable business profitable business too. Um she was a uh, dressmaker trying to find her name because I didn't, I didn't write down names. Why didn't I write down names, guys? Fucking side. I'll do better next episode. I promise you. <laughs> um, her name was Catherine Varga. She was a widow living in Budapest and it was a dressmaking business. The last time anyone saw her was when she was off to Kinkoda to start her new life with Kiss. It's sickening. So this guy, guys, <laughs> this guy, this garbage truck of a human fucking being, he got... 174 I'm going to repeat this 174 proposals through his ads just mind boggling like holy fucking shit 
from from these proposals, he accepted 74 of them. Maybe even more. We don't know. So that's fucking horrible. And we know that at least 20 of these women that came to Kinkota to start their new lives unfortunately lost them instead. Each of the women who had their proposals accepted had their own packets within Kiss's desk. So all the letters that they had, he had them bundled up in his desk, tied up probably with a bow on top together. So you know how some serial killers keep uh, their victims' ID cards or locks of hair, or jewelry or shoes or something stupid that for some reason is very significant to them and it's it's very important to them. This was that for him. This was his souvenir, was keeping the letters from the women, which is sick. So after finding all of these letters, Nog reached out to the local police to have them try and track down these women. Although many of the bodies found were identified, it is still unclear how many actually were identified, which is sad. It's just sad. Now, I think there is one thing that is important to note, uh, more so on the victim side than it is Kiss's side, because he's a piece of shit, so fuck him. Um, I already told you about Marie, the woman who sold her dressmaking business. Um, there is another woman that we know was identified that I think is important to point out for the story. Um, we know her identity because her name was stitched into some of the clothes that was found in Kiss's house. Her name was Julianne Peshek. After doing a little bit of research on her back in that time when they were trying to find the girls or identify the girls, I should say, um, her name was shown in court records from Budapest. This angel had beautiful human being. She had sued Kiss for defrauding her of money with a promise of marriage. So she figured it out. She figured out what he was doing. Kind of. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I don't know how she figured it out. I don't know what happened. I don't have any information on this for you. 
But the point of it is she did figure it out. Um, the case was thrown out though. The case was thrown out because she failed to show up. So he had killed her before the court hearing happened. And I saw somewhere, and I didn't take note of it, and I should have, but I saw somewhere that he had been sued a couple times for the same thing from different women. But all of the hearings were, or all the cases were thrown out because they didn't show up. The women, the women didn't show up. So I feel like that's something important to note. Um, so after Nog found these letters, all of this um, information, he had the Postal Service hold any outgoing mail to kiss so that if someone in Kinkoda was writing to him, he wouldn't be tipped off on what they had found. He wouldn't be able to have the chance to run. In addition to holding his mail, um, he also reached out to the military and requested for them to arrest Kiss ASAP if he was still alive and not a prisoner of war or dead. But the one thing that they didn't account for is how difficult it would be because the names Bela and Kiss were so popular at that time. So that sucks. <laughs> but, but guys, on October 4th, 1916, Nog got a letter that said Kiss was in a Serbian hospital recuperating. By the time Nog arrived, though, Kiss was gone. Yep, gone like the wind, my friends. This psycho, this disgusting human being, put another soldier's dead body into his bed so that no one would know that he had fled. Just fucking gross. Like, uh, uh, why? Whatever. Nog filled the Hungarian police in on this stunt and had them on the lookout for any alleged sightings of this fool, but none of the leads went anywhere. After the information had leaked about Kiss slipping the police in Serbia, People were on the lookout all over the world. I mean, if you found out there was a person out there murdering women and they think that they're a damn vampire, wouldn't you be on the lookout too? I mean, shit, I would know who was coming towards me five blocks away. I'd be my eye on them. No doubt about it. In 1920, a soldier that was in the French Foreign Legion reported on another member, or a legionnaire as they called themselves, 
whose name was Hoffman. Now, if you remember back when we were talking about, um, about how he was writing the Budapest newspapers under an alias, that alias was Hoffman as well. So this Hoffman character had been gloating about how good he was with a garot. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I also didn't know what it was. So with me being the Googler that I am, I figured it out. A garot is defined as a weapon. Usually it is handheld ligature of chain, rope, scarf, wire, or fishing line. And it is primarily used to strangle someone. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm trying to stay off the radar, I'm not going to go around talking about how I'm good at strangling. Uh, That just sets off red flags to everybody that hears your story. So, I don't know, just, it's stupid. Anywho, the soldier also reported saying that this Hoffman gent fit Kiss's description perfectly. Unfortunately, guys, Hoffman split before the police could get there. Go fucking figure, right? Um, of course, at this time, rumors were still flowing through the streets. And there was one rumor that caught the police's attention. The rumor was that Kiss had made his way over to the U.S. of A. Yep, this motherfucker made it to New York City. Um, The rumor was that he had found a job as a janitor at an apartment building. But of course, when police went to check this lead out, the janitor had left. So it couldn't be verified whether it was actually him or not. Now, I don't know if you and I are on the same page right now or not, but I would like to think that the police went back and tried again, but the odds are very slim because I feel like if they had gone back, they would have found something more out. Uh, But they didn't. They didn't. And uh, the last known sighting of Kiss was in 1932. And this sighting was made by a homicide detective named Henry Oswald. And I read somewhere on one of the articles um, that Henry Oswald was known for I guess, a photographic memory, if you will, of people. So if he saw your face, he never forgot your face. Um, I don't know how true that is. I'm not sure. Uh, But I thought it was really interesting, and I really wanted to make sure I mentioned it. But Henry Oswald swore that he had sold Kiss 
come up out of the New York City subway at Times Square, Manhattan. But he lost him in the crowd. Because you know how the crowds can be there. Fucking insane. Um, so, through the years, after Kiss slipped Nog back in uh, Serbia, people had come have come to their own conclusions as to what they think had happened to him. One speculation is that Kiss had faked his death by exchanging his identity with a dead soldier named Macquarie in the war. Um, another speculation is that he was imprisoned in Romania for uh, burglary. And the other one that I found was that he had died of yellow fever in Turkey. But the fact of the matter in all of this, guys, is that we just, we will never, we'll never know. And that sucks because those girls never got justice for what happened to them. Like, they deserved to be avenged, you know? Like, I just, it sucks. <laughs> and then, like, you have their families, the ones that had families left behind that are trying to figure out how to find justice for them and how to move on with their lives because this horrible incident happened to their children or their grandchildren or nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever, best friends. Like, I feel so bad that nobody got justice in this situation. I mean, inevitably, Kiss did die because he's not immortal. He's a human being, but nobody knows anything regarding his whereabouts. And that is so fucking frustrating. It just irritates me that everything played out the way that it did. But, but. You know, not every case is solved. And that fucking sucks. But that's the truth of it. Maybe in a few years, 10 years, something, maybe this case will be solved. They will have found him rotting in a corpse or rotting in a fucking casket. Or I don't know, maybe they find out that he was lost at sea or eaten by a shark or something. Maybe something horrific happened to him. Because karma's a bitch, guys. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode, guys. Um, do some plug-ins here. You can hit me up on Facebook or on Instagram at Nightmares Come True Podcast. You can even hit me up on Twitter made a fucking Twitter account. It's amazing. You can hit me up on Twitter at NMCT podcast. That's N M 
CT podcast. Nightmares come true. Um, y'all got a smart cookie over here. I'm the full package. <laughs> um, you can also hit me up at my email at nightmares come true podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's it. That's all the plugins. That's all the, that's all the things I got for you. So until next time, guys.